0: Welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. I am back. I'm back with Caroline. My name's Pierce. I didn't say that yet, but here's Caroline. Hello.
1: Hey, Hey, good job.
0: Good job last week.
1: I didn't delete it, so, you know.
0: If you haven't caught, darns, held it down uh, with Dave Kane, the voice of the Cavaliers, for an excellent episode. Uh, But we're back right away. Uh, Just getting these going because football is almost here we've got so much to talk about and today we've got a special guest to join us to talk about the who's uh, former uh, gunslinger for the cavaliers kurt ben kurt is in the house so we're about to get into that interview with him we talk uh, at great length about his time at EBA and certainly his time uh, in Atlanta and also his dogs and some other good stuff too. So stay tuned for that. Um, but as far as the blog, uh, we've got the previews rolling out uh, for the football team. Uh, we're still finishing up the state of the programs for some other sports as well. So lots of good stuff as we get closer and closer, uh, to that pit game in uh, Labor Day, uh, weekend. A
1: couple weeks?
0: I just can't believe it. it's August 10th. Um, I
1: know. Where does the time go?
0: Where does it go? So uh, <laughs> you'll be hearing this uh, in the following week in the teens, so it'll be a couple weeks away, and we'll certainly be back uh, shortly to do, like, a full schedule uh, breakdown and preview as well. But for this week, why don't we jump in to our interview with Kurt?
1: Yeah, we're super excited. Today, we're keeping up our recent trend of having just outstanding guests on. Nothing, you know, it's awesome. Before we hit football season, um, we are happy to bring Kurt Benkert onto the podcast. For the first time. Kurt, how are you?
2: Awesome. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Thanks for having me. Of Thank course. Thank you. Why don't we start with uh, what you're up to these days? I, I, I know we were so excited to watch uh, you throw to a llama Day for the Falcons. and, and I know terribly bummed to see uh you go down with the injury what what have your past couple weeks been like it's been
2: obviously really hectic like just excited to get this season started and kind of like show the work that i put in this offseason and kind of just put it all on film and for everybody to see but um it was cool to kind of go out there with Alameda and some of the other young guys to be able to throw it around and have a good outing in the hall of fame game um and obviously it was cut short but I think it was good to end on that note that I was able to kind of go out there and show them what I can do. So it could have been worse. All right. And recovery's going all right. Yeah. So I'm like four, three or four days out of surgery now. Um, I'll be out for like six, eight months. So they put me on IR. Uh-huh. It'll pretty much be the whole year, but um, I got a good group around me that'll take care of me and uh, make sure I'm back out there and ready to go.
0: And it's cool to, uh, you know, see two UVA, uh, gunslingers out there on the Falcons so do you, uh, how much you interact with Matt Schaub and uh, has yeah. he told you anything about the good old days around
2: grounds? <laughs> he's, he's definitely told me about the good old days and like things have changed a lot obviously from yeah. then and now um, but he's been so helpful to me and just he's been really really uh, kind of making sure that I speed up my development with all of his advice and kind of the things that he's been through in his I think 16 or 17 year career so he's been a good mentor to me And
0: uh, I got to say for UVA uh, students of of my era, uh, Matt Ryan's also been a a personal favorite for what he he did to Virginia Tech on on national television. No doubt. It was. It's one of my favorite football memories. Probably the, the my favorite non-UVA football memory was that game. So please uh, send him my best when you get the
2: chance. <laughs> I will. I'll make sure I spread that. He'll he'll appreciate that one. He loves talking <laughs> about D. C. and and college football in our room. Like in the quarterback room is a big deal. We love it.
1: <laughs> Kurt, what was it like, you know, obviously you've had a season with being in the NFL now, obviously this season isn't going, it didn't start the way you wanted to, but just yeah. like coming off of that time at Virginia, working with the coaching staff, with Coach Mendenhall, mm-hmm. how prepared did you feel and what was it like making that jump from coming from Charlottesville to getting right into Southern Atlanta?
2: Yeah, I think um, especially like coming to coming to Virginia and being able to play in the ACC, like the defenses that you face, like it's it transfers over pretty well. It's not like, the Big 12, where you just throw the ball around all the time, like it's not like that. So I felt like as much preparation that I could have had going into it, I was prepared the best that I could. But there was just a lot of a lot of learning that happened um, in the first year, and obviously still to go. But um, it's crazy how much the game changes from college to the NFL more than I would have thought or, originally.
1: How much do you stay in touch with? I'm obviously Alameda joined you, um, and we talked yeah. a little bit, and the connection you guys have, obviously just yeah. via watching you guys play, but with the other guys that are, have gone pro and are in the league, like you see Chris Peace doing great things out there with the Chargers now, obviously Micah. Yeah. Um, how much do you stay in touch with some of these guys that, that you played with at Virginia?
2: Yeah. I actually I, I just talked to Chris Peace, Chris Peace today. Um, obviously I talked to O a lot and I talked to Micah from time to time, but there's just guys all around the league. And I think that like what we went through at Virginia, like going from a really bad team to like kind of building the blocks for being a good team kind of brought us closer in the way that we had to do it. like. These guys just, like, the level of play and how hard they play, like, play in and play out, I think that's one of the things that shows, um, that shows up most on film. Like, people are always talking about the effort and all of that good stuff. So I think what Bronto is doing and, and building good characters is showing the league and giving guys a chance.
0: I know we were talking about this before we were recording, but it's, it seems like the energy around the program is definitely building and building. And, and obviously that reflects the success. Uh, Broncos has been building and building. Uh, do you see, you know, the basketball team's energy and, and success carrying over to this off season? I mean, it seems like there's a lot of chatter. Are, are you alums part of that chatter and excitement?
2: Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I think that, what was it we were predicted like 11 and one and obviously they're just predictions, but Mm. I think we've always exceeded expectations and I'm excited like many other alums just to see what we can do this year. And I know like everybody knows like it won't be perfect, but um, being able to come off like a national championship in basketball and all the other national championships that we've had around the program, just it shows what UVA is all about. And we're excited for football to be in that conversation on a yearly basis.
0: It's funny here in Charlottesville, this was like the first cool morning a little bit like yeah it was amazing like, yeah. and, and so I yeah. just like clicked into football fan yeah. <laughs>
2: like, oh no doubt like you feel that you feel that that cold weather and you're like oh it's football season let's go yeah. Yeah. to be
1: clear it hit like 77 this morning when she was... <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> wow. maybe it
2: was a decent breeze maybe it was a decent yeah. breeze
1: but I actually did the same thing I walked outside and I was like oh I'm not I'm not immediately sweating when I took my dog out for a walk, which is great.
2: (laughs) No doubt. It can be Uh, humid there, too. Oh, Oh, it's
1: it's the worst. Um, When you look at the expectations, obviously, I think it was five years straight until this year that Virginia was actually picked to finish last in the Coastal. Um, Yeah. Now, I mean, that's a huge jump to be picked first by the media in the Coastal. It obviously says a lot about what people think about what Bronco's Mm -hmm. doing. But how do you think, if at all, the approach changes within the program with Bronco, um or is it constantly like no matter where the expectations are he has a specific set of
2: expectations that stay the same um I think that no matter what the outside expectations are like the expectation every year is to win an ACC championship and we know that to do that we have to win the coastal first so I think that like every year no matter how good we were projected to be how good we felt we were like that was the goal first and foremost like so I think that It's cool. I know it has to feel good to have that outside like motivation and people seeing it, but you also still have to produce the results on the field. And I think that's where Broncos at right now. Nice.
1: And I think that brings more of the like excitement. This is the most excitement I think that I don't know, Pierce. You can chime in on. I was trying to think the last time there was this much preseason excitement. um, Maybe like twenty ten, somewhere there. Yeah,
0: there was definitely one under London after the uh, the Peach Bowl appearance. I mean, Yeah.
1: uh, yeah,
0: yeah took it then unfortunately the program sort of dips <laughs> and so yeah. I don't know I, I feel like under Bronco it's just been every year and you know every season has its ups and downs and the win total yes. wasn't, wasn't there initially but like you could see the program uh being yeah. uh steered in the right direction and, and Kurt you had a lot 100%. to do with that I mean um w- can you tell us a little bit about that process of transferring to UVA like yes. I know you've addressed oh. it before but um for those who haven't
2: yeah. Basically, um, so I tore my ACL when I was at ECU going into my redshirt sophomore year. Um, I was named the starter like five days before I tore my ACL. So it was like, it was tough. After that season, the entire staff got fired. And then I also was graduating. So I had two years to play immediately. Um, and with a whole new change in the program, I thought it was a great opportunity for me to go and like test the waters, see where I could play. Um and have a chance to compete for the starting job because I was going to have to do that at ECU anyways with a new staff. So I kind of just took the leap of faith and, and decided to go to Virginia. I was excited, like a new staff was coming into Virginia. So everybody was starting off on a fresh, like a fresh start. Um, and I think that just going there, like I didn't realize how hard it was going to be because I didn't realize like the state of the program at that point in time. Like we had lost a lot of players, like a lot of guys transferred that were going to be young guys yeah. that played. Um, and it, it was definitely a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But, man, I really am happy that I chose to do that because to be a part of something like that, man, it, it's, uh-huh. I can't even put into words how much I appreciate it. So, when
1: There's a lot of talk outside the program, obviously people who don't understand or aren't first person um, when it comes mm-hmm. to the earn not given portion of, of what Bronco. Yeah. Um, there was something yeah. I saw yesterday, some of the players talking about how Bought in, they actually became to the jersey selection. What was that like? Yes. For you? you come in, you know, obviously, I think you knew Ruffin McNeil, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who came, basically came with yeah. you. Know, but that whole process of like the actual buying in and, and going through some of those, um I don't know what you want to call them, but um, <clears throat> rites of passage as like earning your jersey. No what was that like as a player?
2: I think, well, especially coming in, like for me, I think it helped me fit in a little more because everybody was at ground zero. Like
1: it
2: didn't matter what you had done in the past. Like it it really did not matter at all. And, um, I just think it, it was, it definitely felt like it made me feel like I was more ready to go. And like, I was really given a full shot to start from the get go. Um, but as it like, as it went on, I just think people really bought into it more and more about the jerseys. Like it was really weird watching film and not knowing who you're watching. Like when I first got there, (laughs) nobody has a jersey number. Like that's the hardest part um but and I think that's people, why even media, when i got that's to the, why
1: media hates it a hundred percent like you have no
2: idea you're tagging in pictures like it's tough um but when i got to the falcons that was actually one of the first things that shop said to me i was like dude like what's the deal with the jerseys like what do you guys, like, you guys hate that like it was literally one of the first things he said to me that's funny. um and i think it's just you have to kind of be there to appreciate it because it is it's weird from the outside but I mean, I know when that night hits and those guys are going to pick those numbers. Everybody's going to be rowdy in there, like they won't yeah. be able to wait yeah. to see who gets what picks. So, it's well, exciting. now Jordan,
1: now Jordan Ellis isn't there, so there's a there's a vacuum yeah. for that number.
2: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's an actual chance for somebody else to get it because that was not <laughs> the case. Like that was not going to happen. So what was what was it about Jordan
0: that? that just led him to be the, you know, hardest practicing, hardest working, yeah. hardest prepared guy? Like what's he like?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, literally I would go in there on a Saturday morning, like by myself thinking, I'm like, I'm cool. Like I'm out there. Like I'm going to get some extra work in and I'd call a few guys up and Jordan would have been in there already, like by himself yeah. in the corner, no music on just with a ladder, like in a football, like that's literally who he was and yeah, he, he was just always there and, he didn't say anything. He didn't ask for anything. Like he literally did it because he wanted to be good. Yeah. And I think that kind of, that silent leadership that he had, people really appreciated that.
0: That's cool. So that's
2: just kind of who he was. That's just who he was.
0: Yeah.
2: And can, uh, you know, are there other guys
0: that you have like maintained a, a strong relationship with since uh, leaving Charlottesville?
2: Yeah. Um. So I would say obviously, oh, um, Tim Harris is another dude. I'm so yeah so proud and excited for him and what he's been able to do. Like, yeah. and we all saw that from the get go. Like we, we knew what type of player he could be. He just like got the injury bug, man. And he wasn't able to shake it, but yeah. for him to be able to come back his senior year and make things happen like that, like, I couldn't be more proud of him. And I know everybody feels the same way for how hard he worked to, to keep it up.
0: Absolutely, we are a very pro Tim Harris uh, podcast. He comes up often, 100%,
1: I think it's pro Tim Harris.
0: because of that story and, and the breaks he's yeah. had. Uh, we're we're all, I mean, we're we're pro everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, one hundred percent. I get it. I get it. a lot. We love him.
1: The some speaking of Tim Harris and the secondary of both guys that you've faced and that are still there right now, what can you say about someone like Bryce Hall who's developed over his time in Charlottesville and now? I mean, yeah. I, don't, I will argue with anyone that says he's not the best cornerback in the country, but let alone the, the ACC. But to see someone yeah. like him develop over his time in Charlottesville and how difficult was it to go against a guy like that in practice? So, how much better
2: did he make you? That's the crazy thing. So when I first got there it was his freshman year, and, like, he didn't know anything. Like, he yeah. was obviously typically talented, and as the season went on, like, he ended up getting a few picks because he was, like, the tall, lanky corner, and he could kind of beat people up. And then going into my senior year, like we knew he was going to have a good year, but like in our mind, like whenever we had spring balls, Tim Harris was the one that we weren't going to throw against. Like if he was on the field, you have to know where Tim Harris is at all times. So Bryce was like just the guy that we had to throw against. He was good, solid, like had all the physical traits. But like as that year kind of went on, like he really was able to turn it on. Um, And he just, every year he just finds ways to get better. And he's so consistent. Like it's, it's kind of crazy. He just, he loves Phil. Like, he loves ball. And he's a guy that every year he'll just keep getting better. And he's obviously, to come back to Virginia when he's already one of the top guys, like, says yeah. a lot about the program and what it means to him. So,
1: he's such a ball. He is, is too. But he looks yeah. like such a baby. <laughs> he's got such a baby face that you just look at him. He's like this killer on the field. And then you see him at like Meet the Team Day and he's like, this exactly. sad smile and like, hey guys, what's going on? Oh my God, I just
2: love him. I mean, he's he's such like a bubbly person like just loves people loves being around like i don't think i've ever heard him like talk like talk crap to anybody like i don't even know if on the field <laughs> i've heard him do it like he gets that's excited amazing. but he's like the guy that'll knock you out and then like oh, are you okay like he's just who <laughs>
0: he is that's awesome and uh the other half of our our current bryce bryce uh connection, of course, is is the quarterback, uh, your successor, Bryce Perkins. Uh, do you talk to Perkins much, or um, is there a? Connection
2: um, there? We talk a little bit like every once in a while, like we'll comment on each other's stuff on Instagram and stuff, but he's in the he's in the middle of his stuff, and I'm in the middle of mine, so no doubt. He, uh, I met him on my so he had a visit. I had just finished like I was finishing up at at Virginia, uh-huh. um and I actually hosted him on the visit like when he was deciding where he wanted to go. Nice. and like you could just tell how how good he was going to be from that visit like the confidence that he had like how bad he wanted it like in the story of how he got to where he is man it's remarkable so you you guys already know a lot about him and, and what he's made of so it's it's going to be exciting to watch him
0: absolutely and it, see maybe if he can hurdle three louisville players this year in a game yeah,
2: uh, and so just continue <laughs> he's He's the guy that can do it too, man. Like that's yeah. the thing when I when I transferred to Virginia, like I knew the style of offense that they wanted to play, and I knew I was not that guy, but I thought I could make the most of it. Like oh, totally. good opportunities, like get it off the ground. But like in in the Nye's offense, like that's the type of guy that you need for them to be consistent winners. Like to have that extra matchup every week that's that's just different in how they call their plays and stuff. So I think that he is literally the perfect fit for what they have, um, and I'm I'm so excited to watch him this year. And obviously, I'll be able to. Take a little more time to watch uh, with this injury, but um, I'm excited man I can't wait
0: nice and having seen like obviously firsthand but then also this year uh, after mm-hmm. graduating, having seen the growth of this program, can you talk a little bit about like the importance of seeing this coaching staff really uh, flesh out the depth chart with their type of guys like guys they are fitting into whether it be on the line or or mm-hmm.
2: any, anywhere it's important obviously. Yeah, I think, like, that. I think that's evident mostly in the defense. Like, I think on offense, mm-hmm. like, they're getting their guys in, and Bryce was the biggest one that was like, ah, this is what they want to do. But on defense, like, when you start out, like, recruiting and you're a, a 4-3 defense when you're trying to get mm-hmm. to a 3-4, like, that is tough. And you have guys playing out of position. Like, you have smaller guys that have to take on a bigger role, and it's, it's, it's hard. Like, X's and O's wise, it's really hard. Um, mm-hmm. But you're seeing, like, what is it, year four now that Broncos has been there? Year, I think so, right? Or is it year five? I don't even know. It's year four. Like you're, you're, seeing like, that yeah. defense, you're seeing that defense change to what it was supposed to be. And that's why people loved him at BYU. Like, that defense, nobody wanted to play against that. Yeah. And, I mean, if you have that, that kind of defense, you can win any game no matter what your offense is doing. And now they're getting the pieces in place there. Like, we can beat anybody.
0: Yeah. I saw a, a good tweet coming out of uh, summer practice where the active D-line – for the last game last mm-hmm. season, so the bowl game against South Carolina, they, I think they had four active defensive linemen. Yeah. And so now when you compare that, like, obviously you deal with injuries and attrition and things like yeah. that. There was, like, sure. compared to a picture of the active D-line coming out yeah. of mm-hmm. practice. of uh, practice, you know, yeah. times as many guys. That's huge.
1: That's going to be one of the storylines <laughs> I want to follow is that was a, a weakness at the end of the year because of the injuries and, and just the, you know, lack of depth that was created but now they have yeah. these, like with the incoming first years, like I've heard nothing but rave reviews about Jawan Briggs, yeah. I've heard great stuff about, all, you know, Ben Smiley who's joining, and then not to mention mm-hmm. the guys that return, um, taking that from something that was maybe a huge, well, that was a huge question mark, into potentially one of the strongest units on the field is really exciting.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's the, like you can have a great first and second group, but like later in the year you're gonna you're gonna lose people regardless like sure. it's it's just football and every year you're like oh if we don't have the injury bug like every team has the injury bug some teams just have it worse than others but like if you have depth up until your third group then that makes you better when you're making that ACC championship run and I think that's like that's the most important part right now because we know that we can play when we have our guys and it's but it, it's it'll all show this year and it's good that we have that depth so I'm I'm even more excited man. Like. I couldn't tell you how excited I am. I've said the word probably twenty times on this podcast. <laughs> but like good, this is man. not just me. Like this is the feel all around of yeah. alumni and fans. Like yeah. there's a lot of good stuff going on and and I'm glad that it's it's finally coming out to fruition.
0: Well we'll definitely uh, try and pick your brain a little bit about maybe expectations for this season. But I do wanna um, ask about Zacchaeus uh, for sure. What yeah what what are you hearing from you know your Falcons teammates or the fans or that that organization like uh we're all yeah. really stoked to see okay. what you can do
2: yeah so I'm gonna say what I think I can say um okay. <laughs> he's, obviously, he's obviously doing really well um yeah. it's a big thing here like to not talk on other players and stuff like in the media so I'll, he's gotcha, I'll gotcha. fine of that but I mean you guys know the type of player he was he's got the speed the explosion and I think that in general like his, his biggest question coming out of college is like he can like contested catches because of his size. But on film, he's showing that he can make those plays. Um, and I think that that's like where a lot of the excitement's coming from um, in the media and stuff. But we got, we got some guys here that can make plays and he's shown that he's fitting in well. Um, And I'm, I just can't wait to see when, when the roster cuts happen, like where does he end up? And some of these other guys that I've formed a pretty good relationship with because I think like, across the board we have the deepest receiving core in the NFL um and that's kind of like the consensus like cool. with the Falcons yeah. so um he's fitting in well and and I think that the biggest thing that he's brought from Virginia is like he's always around the ball and he's running hard and and doing more than just his job to help other people make plays so we're excited we're excited about that so
1: it's gonna be so weird going yeah. to a game this year and he won't be there um I know. <laughs> just,
2: no. that's nice like hard.
1: the Best part about college athletics and also the worst part is like you get to see people mm-hmm. come through the program and grow and develop, but then they also leave and it's depressing and sad, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but they go 100%. on to bigger and better things, which is great. Um, one last, so to close out our football discussion before we go into a couple other things we yeah. wanted to bring brain about, yeah. uh, what in your mind constitutes a
2: successful season for Virginia football this year? Ooh, I think, I think success is uh, at least one more win than last year. But I think kind of like one of the big markers for Bronco when he got here because they weren't like in contention for like national championships unless they won every game at BYU. Like he won a double-digit win season. Yeah. Um, what What did we have last year? Nine wins after uh, the bowl game?
1: Or- I think eight after the yeah. bowl game,
2: right? Eight but after But there the bowl were game? two,
1: three games decided in overtime or last play type thing. So they were,
2: gotcha. Yeah. You know. So I think that for him and a lot of people in the program, it's that 10 win mark. Like I think getting a double digit wins and being able to do that consistently is like, yeah, that's, that's really what you can ask for. And then you obviously want to make the ACC championship run. And that's, that's important, but like, you got to get to 10 wins first before you do that. So I think that that's, that's the mark that they're going to be shooting for. If, if I'm in the room, that's what I'm guessing. Um And I really think that we got the chance to get there, especially like, if we can dominate another bowl game like that, that'd be huge.
0: And Kurt, only, uh, only having spent, uh, what, two years on grounds, right? Did, did you get yeah. fully indoctrinated into the Commonwealth <laughs> clash rivalry or, or was it maybe, Oh yeah, yeah I, 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 I know <laughs> yeah, what the answer
2: like, is. <laughs> oh man. So like, I had to play against Virginia Tech when I was at ECU and I wasn't the starter when it right, happened
1: Right.
2: and we beat them two out of, three times when I was at ECU so I, when I went to Virginia I'm like okay like this is like the norm for me like, oh. like I'm just used to beating them and then I get here and I'm like oh my god like everyone it's just the first year was like a fear of playing them and I just didn't understand and then the second year when I was there like we were in a good game we just couldn't move yeah. the ball in offense and it was yeah. that was just so frustrating like it was just frustrating so and having to watch this, this last year's game on TV in a, in a restaurant was like just painful. Like yeah the tables
1: it. over. Yeah. And,
2: <laughs> and it just, I just hope that we can get over that hump this year. So we don't have to hear about it again. Yeah. yeah. Once you get over it, like it's it's going to be done. Like people aren't going to be talking about oh, it yeah. anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be in the past, but I am, I am excited that Bud Foster is going to be retiring after the season. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. So, like a so
1: yeah. A lot of teams sure. in the ACC feel the same. Um, all right, so let's – I want to chat with you a little bit. You've been huge in Fortnite lately. Yeah. And how did that all come about? And what, what really, I guess, explain for not only me mm-hmm. but the listeners, like what exactly that you're doing with the game and, and how did that come yeah. about?
2: So I started playing Fortnite going into my senior season with Virginia because I only took one class. I got a lot of time. Um, and Makes sense. obviously there's only so much time you can devote to football. Football, so I'm like, I'll play some Fortnite, whatever, get back into gaming. Um, and I started getting pretty good at it, I just kept playing, kind of carried over into like the draft process and all of that stuff. And um, I started, I had some people that are like, Yo, like, you should probably start streaming, like, you're pretty good, and I'm pretty sure people would watch you. Um, so I gave it a shot, and uh, it kind of just took off. Like, I got it, I ended up getting a PC, I started off on my Xbox, and now I only play on a PC. Um, i stream on twitch and it's been like a good little source of like side revenue yeah Um, and i've met a lot of really cool people um i was able to play in the fortnite celebrity pro am Uh which was one of the coolest experiences i've ever had um we were able to raise twenty thousand dollars for um a death charity
1: which was awesome
2: and uh it's just kind of continued to grow from there so i'm i'm excited to see what i can make of this and uh the new Madden just came out. So I started streaming that as well and people are enjoying like watching how like I process the game and all that stuff. So um it's been it's been a fun experience to kind of grow outside of football as well.
1: And how how many people generally will watch you on a, a Twitch screen, uh, stream? Sorry.
2: Yeah, so honestly it 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 depends, but it'll be anywhere from like twenty five to forty people. Sometimes it's up to a hundred, sometimes it's like twenty. It just depends on like what day yeah. and what time. Um, but I've had as much as like 500 people watching like when another big streamer brings their people to watch it's called a host yeah Um, so I've I've had a lot of viewers it's it's been really cool to see how this community works Um, and I'm glad to be a part of it so
1: and so one of the things that how did you when you did the celebrity program you played alongside a young player um, Ewok who was when you mentioned the deaf charity she is deaf Mm -hmm. how did you get put in touch with her and I'm fascinated by the because um, I know I've ugh, I will not say that I've played I've played Fortnite in the loosest yeah. possible term um, as in like I know exactly what it is I
0: I've
1: think I've watched like one kill <laughs> but, like, yeah. I'm really good at hiding yeah. and then escaping like when the map gets short, smaller I do pretty well with that that's um, where everybody starts though That's where everybody yeah, starts. Exactly. <laughs> how, but how I mean that takes a lot of communication and that's usually done verbally yeah. so how, what, how did you one get in touch with Ewok to create this partnership and two how do you communicate when you're playing
2: the game so it started so a guy named tim the Catman, he's a big streamer like he had like thirty thousand people watching him at a time um and he raided her and that's how i found her um and then i just stopped by her stream like i said i love what you're doing like you're awesome like it was really cool to see like her operate and how she plays the game while being deaf um and so it started like that and her dad reached out to me i was like hey um she doesn't have a partner for some of these duo tournaments coming up like would you be interested in learning a little bit of sign language that's so that so you can cool. like communicate yeah. in game and um that's, that's honestly how it started and uh so we started that way like learned a few basic signs I've had a few lessons with her dad every week because he's a sign language teacher gotcha. um his whole her whole family is deaf so that's how they communicate um and it just it really started from there and we played for like nine weeks in this Duo tournament that was going on like over time in, on Fortnite itself, and then we got the invite to the celebrity pro am. So basically, the pro am was 50 celebrities, like sports players, like anything that you're known for, not gaming, and then 50 pro players. Um, and she was one of the pro players, so we played together in this tournament, and there was a three million dollar cash prize for all for charity, uh-huh. and we were able to bring home 20,000, which was awesome. and um so it it started there and then um so back to communication it's just a lot going on so communicating i had a person stand next to me at this tournament and that person was on my left listening to me talk to her in a headset and she was then signing to ewok um she was signing to ewok on the right of me so I had the headset talking to the translator. Translator would sign. And basically, we had somebody that we'd communicate through for whatever we had to strategy-wise in-game. That's incredible. Um, yeah. And that, it, was, it was really cool. I think, I don't know if Fortnite came up with that or what, but um, it was easier than what we used to do. We, we would video time like video FaceTime each other and use one-handed signs to talk when we were just playing online. So, oh, man. Um, yeah, it was,
1: so cool. it was
2: just cool to kind of be a part of that and like, kind of break the barrier and show that it can be done. Um, regardless of what anybody's facing, like, disability-wise. So it was, it was really cool to be a part of, honestly.
0: So what's the best way for anybody who's listening that wants to follow you? Um, I know you're Kurt Benkert on Twitch. Is, is there yeah. um, just subscribing to that channel, or is Twitter a better route, or what, what would you um, recommend?
2: I would say Twitch is, like, if you're trying to watch me play, then Twitch is definitely the best. Um, And you don't, you can literally, you can just follow me. It's free to watch. Um, People subscribe to me and it's like $5 a month, but you get like different perks out of it and stuff, but it's not required. It's just people that want to support me. Um, But I use, I use all of my social media. That's one thing this year that I try to be better at um, is trying to be more active on there. So you'll see me around like commenting on people's stuff and and being more active. So So, it's been a push of mine this year. Now
0: is, is Microsoft going to step in and try and steal you away like a ninja? (laughs) Uh, for a billion dollars okay, or
2: okay. whatever. I don't, think I'm, I don't think I'm that big yet, but... Oh, you'll it get be there. Cool. It'd be, <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty cool, so... But that's it's what a, I'm doing in the side.
1: Kurt, awesome. is it popular in the locker room, too? Like, are there a bunch of guys on the team that play, or is it, you know, what's the, what's yeah. the vibe around Fortnite?
2: <laughs> yeah, I would say, well, most of the team, I would say, like, 50% of the team plays video games. Maybe, like, 20 to 25% plays Fortnite. Um, and if you play fortnite for the most part you watch twitch it's just yeah. kind of like it's just yeah. kind of what people do um and so like people when i when i told them like who i was playing with like that i was going to the pro and like the locker room was pretty hyped about it like they were excited to
1: yeah kinda, like
2: watch stuff. so so it's cool to have that support from them um but video games like definitely and the younger players like it's what people do in their free time
1: yeah yeah so <laughs> i would
2: get even, so <laughs>
1: I would get so overwhelmed when people, when I was playing and I would see people build things really quickly.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: It took me 10 minutes to like find the menu to get the little guy holding the pencil and the paper to build stuff. I, we'll really sign you up for I was really not very good. So any help you can give. No. <laughs> um,
2: just, that's how we all started. We were all hiding in bushes trying to get laid when it first came <laughs> out. Oh that's my
1: awesome. gosh! Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you about too. Um, so moving on from Fortnite, um, how many mm-hmm. dogs do you and Sam have now? Because <laughs> oh I man, we have, want to play we with we all of We have four them. dogs.
2: <laughs> we have four dogs, which is probably like one or two too many. But we love them all. So no such they sense. keep us on our toes. <laughs>
1: that's amazing. how how young is the you just got a, a, a husky like puppy i think but he looks yeah she's
2: yeah she is a year and a half now and then the okay. other one the husky is like almost two years so we have two like young husky mixes they're husky malamute one's husky malamute german shepherd um and so it's they definitely keep us on our toes though like they're crazy they love they love their backyard and and they play a lot in their loud that's for sure
0: do you have to have multiple Roombas
2: to make up for them? Oh, we do, yeah. We have one Roomba, have one Roomba already, and we need a second one, and we vacuum literally every day. Yeah, and, I feel you. Oh, man. It's wild.
1: I literally was just looking at Roombas online, like, yesterday, because I have a Husky mix with a uh, mm-hmm. Shihon have- of some sort, and... I just, I've given up because me versus her shedding in the summer is, she's winning, hands down. Like, 100%.
2: 100% like, there's everywhere. nothing you can do about it either. You'll vacuum and then 20 minutes later you're screwed. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was like, how did it get on top yeah. of the windowsill? I don't understand.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Somebody uh, gets
1: it. Not a, not a <laughs> no. I this is
0: now a dog podcast.
1: Dog talk. Right?
2: Yeah. Those are the best. Yeah.
1: Um, so one of the things we like to do before we let you go is a little rapid fire fun questions at the end. So uh, are I'm you ready? ready? Okay. I
2: think I'm ready. See All if right. I can give you a good answer.
1: <laughs> what is the thing you miss most about Charlottesville? Ooh, the food. Yeah. What was your favorite food place?
2: Uh Burger.
1: Ooh, okay. All right. Uh scariest coach at Virginia when they got angry. Robert and I. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost going to autofill that, but. Uh, okay, have. so <laughs> in Fortnite, favorite place to land?
2: Uh, Tilted Towers. I think it's called Tilted Town now.
1: Oh, change it up. Okay. Um, up. Who is someone in the NFL that you got a little starstruck the first time you
2: met? Who is, guys? Okay.
1: Low key, funniest teammate you had at UVA.
2: Oh, man. Donnie Dowling.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and then last, if you could have played one game, so say you were a star in another sport in Virginia, what would you have chosen?
2: Uh, UVA basketball, national championship.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good That's a,
2: pretty
0: that's good a, <laughs> a strong choice, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's pretty solid. Pretty easy at this point. Um, Kurt, thank you so much for coming on. I think this is great. We love picking your no brain problem so many interesting topics. This is super cool. So you're welcome anytime. And I know we'll speak for all the listeners and we hope your recovery goes very quickly and smoothly.
2: Awesome. Thank you much. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks, you having sir. me. All right. So
1: we want to,
0: uh, give a big, big thank you, uh, to Kurt Benkert for, for coming on this week. Um, that was a ton of fun, uh, to talk with him about, uh, what, what's going on in his life and looking back at the who's and uh, he's feeling it. He's feeling the excitement that we're all feeling. Uh, you can feel it around grounds. Yeah. It's, it's definitely carrying it over from basketball and just keeping it going. Uh, Uh, We'll see high, high expectations from the media. I think at least fair expectations from the team itself (laughs) and the coaches, you know, they're, they're confident. They, uh, you can see them come out and say they, they expect to do well and expect to, to uh show up uh, at pit and, and get a w so uh like i said at the beginning we're gonna uh come back soon to break down the whole season uh, before we get started and, and give some predictions and stay tuned uh, to streakingalad.com for uh rolling out the the previews and some notes that we'll be able to start collecting as camp is going on and uh, other Bryce Perkins highlights as well. So, He's
1: the best. Yeah. Just, like, everything he does is absolutely.
0: Actually, the, the catch from uh, Billy Kemp is my favorite yeah. this week.
1: Those always make – it's like the fun highlights are great, and then you're kind of like – Maybe that pass wasn't outstanding
0: but <laughs> true enough. sometimes that's hard, good <laughs>
1: hard yeah
0: come on bad throws but uh also from uh good defense so very true uh, you you know uh, uh, I, I we'll leave the judgment for you all uh, <laughs> that clip um but uh check us uh next week on the podcast subscribe subscribe uh on itunes or spotify or any of the other ways that you're listening to us and uh leave us a review if you would Rate be so kind, uh, because we appreciate the feedback for sure uh until next week for everybody at the blog i'm pierce and go Hoops.